0: Up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. People have been writing and speaking about epilepsy for some 4,000 years. All through these years, many misconceptions about epilepsy were conveyed, some based on the culture of a particular era or in a particular part of the world. This understanding has led to rejection, denial of education, and isolation, especially but not solely in the developing world. But what is epilepsy? And why is there so much force and societal tact to it? In this conversation, we will look at the A to Z of epilepsy. According to the WHO, around 50 million people worldwide have epilepsy, making it one of the most common neurological diseases globally, with nearly 80% of these people with epilepsy living in low- and middle-income countries. It is estimated that up to 70% of people living with epilepsy could live seizure-free if properly diagnosed and treated. In Nigeria, the estimated prevalence of epilepsy is 8 per 1,000 people, indicating a substantial burden of the disease in the country. These numbers are worrisome. And can epilepsy be treated? If yes, how can one know he or she is epilepsy? What has tech done in all of these? As a matter of fact, has tech done anything at all? We will find out from Dr. Ogunthimei Olukayode, who is presently the medical director of MediCenter. Before now, he was the permanent secretary of the Lagos State Primary Health Care Board. He is a strong administrative professional with an MSc focused in tropical medicine and infectious diseases from Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine and has a certification in internal medicine from the Harvard Medical School. Hello, Dr. Coyote. Hello,
1: Gloria. Good afternoon. Glad to be here.
0: Thank you for joining me on the show to look at this all-important topic. Trust you're doing well today. Yes, I am. And you? Oh, I'm very well. Thank you, Doc. Now, what is epilepsy and why the fuss about it?
1: Um, Epilepsy is actually a general term for tendency to have seizures. What do we mean by seizures? It just simply means that uh, the brain is misfiring. That's basically the easiest way to explain it. And before you actually say somebody has epilepsy, it's usually that that person has had more than one episode of seizures. And so you say this person has epilepsy. So like I said, it's just a general term. There are a lot of things hidden under that context of epilepsy. Sometimes a lot of the things that happens in an epileptic episodes are things that we don't even know yet it's happening. But the one that we tend to actually focus on mainly is the one in which the person is unconscious, is jerking, is foaming, as you related, and we all tend to run away. But then that's not what epilepsy is all about. It's again, like I said, it's about seizures. And you find out that usually when you try to find the cause, it's usually related to some form of injury to the brain. The the brain in trying to uh, make us do, do activities fires electrical signals to other parts of the body but it fires it at a normal rate which makes it purposeful but sometimes it misfires and then it's firing at an abnormal rate and in the process of that it tends to recruit the other areas surrounding it and so there is this what we call an electrical storm and it is this electrical storm that leads to what we call epilepsy
0: Wow. I love the way you just explained it. Now, I read that epilepsy is not contagious, Doc, although many people say that underlying disease mechanisms can lead to epilepsy. The cause of the disease is still unknown in about 50% of cases globally. So why is this and what then causes epilepsy?
1: You're right. Epilepsy is not infectious. It's not something that you can pass on to a mere onlooker or another person near you like probably, if you have probably maybe cholera and you touch somebody or 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 or, or partaking in in the fluids that that person is taking, you could have cholera. It, it, it's not like that. But then we also know that forty percent of the time there is a very strong genetic link in getting epilepsy. Again, like I said, it's 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 usually the context that your you, the signals in in the in, in the brain misfire. So there are so many things that can cause this, from the fact that you could be genetically disposed. It is known that people who have parents or siblings that have epilepsy are more likely to have epilepsy. When you have a brain injury and you develop a scar in the brain, you can most likely have epilepsy. If you have infections that affect the brain and cause scarring, you can have epilepsy. When you're having uh, a child... During childbirth, and there's a certain degree of oxygen deprivation to the brain, you can have epilepsy. You can have infections of the mother that will lead to epilepsy. You can have tumors of the coverings of the brain that will lead to epilepsy. The most important part is that that process of generating an electrical signal and passing it along is disturbed.
0: Wow, that's amazing to know. All right, then, how can one know that he or she is epileptic? I mean, aside the seizures, which is the popular way, because some people say, what's the difference between seizures and convulsion? All right, Doc. they don't know the difference between seizures and convulsion. So aside from seizures, what other way can one know he or she is epileptic?
1: Convulsion is just another term for seizures. That's the thing. Right. So so, so, so so again, that's why I tried from the beginning to use the word seizure. It just simply means that sometimes, look, the, the, the way it works is that, look, you have sometimes what you call, a, a, a play, a seizures are actually divided into two broadly. There's something you call focal seizures, which simply means it's affecting just one part of the brain, and you are going to get that effect in that part of the brain. And then you have what you call generalized seizures, in which... The whole part of the brain is recruited. The general seizures are the ones that we are always so afraid of. That's the one that's dramatic. You could have somebody who is having a seizure who that person is just is staring just into space. And for that point of time that he's into space, is unaware of his surroundings. What that person has had is a seizure. You could have somebody whose hands are just jerking and then it stops what that person has had is a seizure those are what you call focal seizures so you have these focal seizures that are not related to loss of consciousness and you have some that are related to loss of consciousness but the generalized seizures are usually related to loss of consciousness the one that we usually talk about that we we are very we are very worried about is the one that you call a grand mal seizure which is which in the technical term is tonic. It means you stiffen, and it's clonic, and you jerk. So at the same time as you're lying down, you're stiffening, you're jerking, and so that's the one that is that is very dramatic that people talk about. But then, like I said, there are so many form of seizures that occur from even sometimes just smacking your lips to sometimes just tarry blankly into space for some seconds or or minutes without knowing what's what's around you. And all these are seizures because it's actually related to the way your brain signals are being conducted.
0: So, Doc, are we saying now that one primary way for a person to know he or she is epileptic is through the constant seizures?
1: Yes, because epilepsy is actually defined as more than one episode of a seizure.
0: So, are that tests or is there any? Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the most important test really
1: is to measure your brain waves, what, what is called uh, EEG, electric encephalogram, in which certain electrodes are attached to your brains and then you measure what the brain waves are. There are two aspects of that brain waves there is one that occurs when you don't have seizures. And there is one that occurs when you have seizures. So, but like I said, most of the time, it's more of an observational thing, especially in children, in which probably parents will look at, look, you're probably talking to your child and it's gone. And you don't actually know what's happening. And then just comes back and say, mommy, what have you said? That sort of thing. So it's more, a lot of the episodes of seizures are actually observational. My hand is shaking and it stops and so on and so forth. But you don't actually really have, These things that can actually really predict going forward that, when are you going to have But, but But then, here's the context. For you to have seizures, there must be triggers, right? And some of the triggers are the lifestyle we do. Alcohol, drug taking, stress, anxiety, not taking your drugs properly, low blood sugar, and a lot of things like that. So there are triggers that will actually push you towards a seizure episode. But is there anything that is so predictive of these seizures, there isn't really, even, even even the technology that's being used are just to monitor when those seizures occur, not necessarily that they're going to predict that this seizure is happening. They don't really predict, they just measure.
0: Wow. I mean, Doc, while growing up, I had, I've had i seen several times different people um, have seizures. I mean, one even happened when I was in the uni and then all of a sudden I saw people pouring water on him, trying to use spoon to separate his upper teeth from the lower teeth and they were shouting and all of that. So we're going to come to the first aid and how to help people when they have seizures around us, the next thing to do. But one of the most common questions That epileptic people ask is, does epilepsy go away? Does it go away? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Doctor, you hear this? (laughs) Yes, because if
1: you know what the cause is, right, Mm. and you are able to manage that cause, then you might not have. But does it actually really? Again, like I said, almost 40% of epileptic cases are genetic. They have one way or the other of inheritance. So some people have suggested that it's it's a multi-gene thing that close to probably 500 genes are involved in getting an hereditary epileptic, uh, what they call it, trait. So how do you actually how do you actually uh, get that away? But in certain cases, in which you have focal points. You could do surgery and remove that focal point. And then once that focal point has been removed, you'll find out that that person can leave seizure-free. But I think the most important thing is actually the medication. If you use your medication properly and, and have a very good compliance, then most likely you won't have episodes of seizures. I think what, what, what really happens to a lot of people is that it's always the context of, do I have to keep on taking drugs when I'm not ill? But the problem simply is that it is you taking those drugs when you are not ill that is making sure that you don't fall ill.
0: Mm. <laughs> I love that. So doctor, are we saying that the answer to that question is yes and no?
1: Yes, it's, it's actually yes <laughs> and no. It depends on what the cause is. But like you rightly said at the beginning, more than 70% of the causes are known. Mm. So if you don't know what it is that is actually causing it, then how do you treat it mm. if you don't
0: know? Mm. Mm. That's, that's so sometimes
1: true. the best bet is actually to manage it properly by using medication.
0: Okay, then... Uh, Now, let's go to history, because while I was talking to you, I mean, while we were trying to prepare for this, dog, I told you that one main reason I'm having this conversation is to reorientate this listening. A lot of people grew up believing that epilepsy was a a sacred disease that is the result of the invasion of the body by a god. It was thus that only a god could deprive a healthy man of his senses, throw him to the ground, convulse him, and then rapidly restore him to his former self again. Now, Doc, how well do you think people are moving away from this belief? And how can we help change people's mindset to this age-long belief of epilepsy is... It's a disease from some gods. If I could jump on that, your historical basis, you know, that historical
1: basis actually came from the pharaohs of Egypt, in which in which the pharaohs are regarded as gods, and and one of them, I think it's Ptolemy, I'm not so sure now, was actually epileptic, and so when 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 he throws his feet, they put a stick in his mouth and watch him and so on and so forth, and so they they felt that the only way. Something like that could actually happen to a living God is if gods have actually caused him, or is causing, or another god actually caused him, or is, is causing. So, <laughs> so that's where the the historical belief that it's the gods that are causing it came from. And then, without actually really doing anything, he gets up, and so the god has punished him enough, and it's now, and it's now better until the next until the next episode occurs. Acculturated people are difficult to change in their in their belief, especially in, in in a setting in which we are superstitious. We still we still believe in spirit. I, I'm not, I, and this is not an argument about whether spirits do occur or spiritual or spirituality or not. But then, this is what it is. We still believe that God mediate the affairs of men and women, and it's a belief that we strongly. But I think the the most important thing is just like this radio program you're doing in which you actually educate people that it is not a spiritual thing. It's just a physical thing. It's simply because a process that is meant to be normal has become abnormal. And there are so many reasons why it could become abnormal, which has nothing to do with whether the gods are punishing you or not. But to refer back to what you usually said at the beginning, actually the best way to manage a person who is having a grand mal seizure, which is the one that is very dramatic that we talk about, is to actually clear the space, try to make sure that you remove tight clothing and leave the person alone. Don't put anything in their mouth. They won't bite their tongue. All these ones are just medically, uh, are just uh, the, uh, how do I call it, old wives' tails. Uh, don't let them grin their cheeks. Once you do that, they're going to just because the person is having rigid, tonic, clonic, chucking movement. So anything you do, which is mediated by everything you do, you are most likely to put that person in more danger than just leaving the person alone. So it's best to leave the person alone. The storm will pass. And once the storm passes, the person wakes up. And they usually have what we call post-episodic amnesia. They don't actually know what has happened to them. They just find themselves on the ground and they wake up and they see people looking at them and they're wondering what exactly has happened. Most of the time, the the, the time they know something has happened to them is because they've wetted themselves because you lose bladder control while you're unconscious and they tend to urinate on themselves that they look at themselves and they see that the clothings are soiled and they're wondering what happened. So, So, so best bet is actually to leave them alone. They will the, the episode will pass and they will and they will get up
0: Doc can't they die from that seizure no no they can' not wow what will, what will
1: probably happen you say is that when they have constant seizures there's actually oxygen deprivation to the brain right and some parts of the brain will keep on dying if you keep on having it to the extent that there'll be one day in which you probably maybe have this seizure and then you lapse into an unconsciousness that you're not waking up from. So hard but, but, but in terms of what it done, that's why it is necessary that you take your drugs regularly so that you don't keep on having these episodes in which you keep on having this loss of oxygen to the brain while you're having those seizures.
0: Wow. <sighs> I had to take all of that in It's I don't know, I've seen a couple of them, many of them sometimes in the marketplace, They are at the bus stop trying to take a bus and then you just see them fall to the ground and Nigerians are shouting... Oh, it's it's uh, it's all it's all replaying again and coming back to my head. Now, looking at the intervention of technology, I remember, Doc, we had a back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> As regards this question, looking at the role that technology has played when it comes to the treatment of epilepsy, and I when I went, all has tech really not done anything? Because technology always does something, and then you went, oh no, not really. So, can you explain that to us, Doc?
1: It's just like the article you said to me. Mm -hmm. It's meant for people, again, like I tried to explain, it's meant for people whose uh, epilepsy is not being controlled. And they're trying to figure out what exactly is happening. What are the markers that we look for? One of those articles spoke about the fact that you have increased heart rate, you have increased breathing, you have increased muscle tone, and so forth. And so it follows. I mean, if you're going to have an episode that is going to involve you, muscle contraction and jacking, your heart rate will go up. Because what your heart does basically is supply energy for anything that you want to do. Doing that thing takes energy. And so your heart rate will go up to compensate for the fact that you need more energy to be able, you need more blood to go around your system to be able to do what your brain is telling you to do. It's just the same way you exercise. If you are exercising and you are lifting weights and you are, and you are pumping iron, your heart rate increases. If you are doing a tonic chronic jack, your heart rate increases. So there's been wearable technologies that could tell you, especially when they are sleeping, because sometimes people have these seizures while they're sleeping. There are wearable technologies that could tell you that this episode has happened, especially in somebody who is epileptic, and so you can, so you can extrapolate that, okay, while this readings we are going on and you're having this increased parameters, it's because that person is having a seizure episode. It could actually tell you how many times that person probably has seizure episodes while sleeping, right? So you find out that it is more of helping to manage those patients whose epilepsy are refractive to treatment and trying to look out how best you can manage them. Do you say, okay, before they go to sleep, you need to take this sort of medication to help you dampen down the symptoms that will have occurred while you are sleeping and you have an episode. But is there a technology per se that actually predicts a working person moving about? Say that person is going to have uh or is predictive that this person is going to have uh a seizure episode the next two, three hours, there isn't any really, really there isn't. That's and that's sad. what the and that's what the discussion was about. Right. Where, yes. where,
0: Yes, Doc. Yes, Doc. All right, we have to run off. So let me share your final thoughts with us as regards epilepsy. I mean, you said a lot and personally I've been reorientated that you necessarily don't have to do anything. Just leave them. And the best way is when you start noticing you're continuously having seizures, please go to the hospital, let them monitor you. And so they can asserting that, oh, it's epilepsy, really. So what are your final thoughts and your parting words? Uh,
1: my, my final thoughts actually go back to the social societal taboos or restrictions surrounding the epilepsy. It's just like any other disease. It can be managed. Majority of those who have it, have it through no fault of theirs. It is just something that happens. So if we start looking at it from that context and it's not transmissible from one stranger to the other, uh, where some people will say that if the speed falls on you, you'll be epileptic, it's, it's it's just not true. It is just a disease that can be managed, and it's simply because your electrical signals from the brain, and actually that's the way you do everything in life. There are electrical signals from the brain. If there are no electrical signals from the brain, that's when you say somebody is brain dead, and if that person is brain dead, that person is dead. So, so every single thing, even the talk I'm doing, my gestulations, you are listening to me. You are nodding your head. It's because your brain is sending electrical signals for you to do those things. So it is normal. The advice basically step, steps on the fact that, look, look, if you have an issue, please go to the hospital. And I'll also enjoy pairing to actually observe their children because it's known that 30% of children actually have this. 30% of the population of those who have this are actually children. So if you actually monitor your children properly, you can notice these very tiny, tiny signs and you can... Avail yourself to to a clinic or to a hospital or a doctor to try and find out what exactly is happening to your child. Sometimes they might do the EEG and there is nothing. And that's what we call when there is nothing happening. Because usually that the EEG is usually very predictive when something is happening to them. So, But it still doesn't matter. It means you monitor. And if you keep on noticing these things, then you seek help. Most important thing is for you to use your medication. The more you use your medication, the more you don't have this episode. So, final word will be it is nothing to worry about and if you have it please don't run away. Don't 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 be shy. Avail yourself of medical care and you'll be okay.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, Dr. Ogunti Mengi Olakayode. It's been a pleasure learning from you and uh, looking at the intricacies that has to do with epilepsy as a disease. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Gloria. Have a wonderful day. Now, living with recurring seizures is a challenge. And while scientists try to find a treatment that works, people having epileptic seizures should make some lifestyle adjustments. If you or loved one is dealing with intractable epilepsy, don't give up. I mean, I've seen people with epilepsy go from treatment to treatment for months until they find a medication that reduces or eliminates their seizures. Controlling seizures can be frustrating, but hanging there, show those that have epilepsy some love, and let's stop all of the societal stigmatization and stereotypes around having epilepsy. As with many things in life, persistence is key to living seizure-free. After all, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger.
1: Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.